Well, welcome to uh, our relationship series. We do this every February. It's, of course, one of our most anticipated series that we do because everybody's in relationships. Whether you're single or married, um, everybody's got a relationship that you want to get better at, ones that you want to work in. And, and how many know the enemy hates good marriages? He hates it. He hates it. He hates it. So we always want to strengthen marriages and encourage marriages. And no matter where you're at right now, maybe your marriage just needs a tune-up. Um, maybe your marriage needs in a complete overhaul, or maybe your marriage, you need a marriage miracle. <laughs> uh, maybe your, your spouse isn't here because y'all got in a fight this morning. Um, whatever the scenario may be, man, our prayer is just to breathe fresh life into that. And then if you are single, don't check out and don't tune out because a lot of this series is going to be helping you as well uh, in a number of areas. One, just on, on how to enjoy singlehood and, and the gift that that is, and then also how you can learn from a lot of our mistakes that are married, and you can go, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. So we hopefully to lay a lot of groundwork and just let you know this series is going to build on each other. Today we're going to kind of lay, lay, lay the, the foundation of this, and then we'll build every week. And uh, how many of you have completed the survey that we put out on Facebook over the last couple of days? How many of you have completed? Okay, listen, if you have not, we just want to let you know, we put out a survey. We'll put it back out there again, but we have, we're doing something we've never done before, which is we're doing a survey for those that are single and those that are married, and we're doing it for two reasons. One, because we want to be able to just see what the temperature is like in our own church. What are, what are you going through? How is your marriage? Where are you really struggling? Um, what, what, what are the conflicts? Um, where do you want to get better in? And so what, what you're doing is not only are you helping us learn about where you're at, it also helps us to be able to do messages over the coming weeks that are going to be practical to you. So we're going to hear, you're going to hear real statistics, and I'm going to share actually a couple of them today. We've had over 200 of y'all fill out the survey. I would love to see five, 600 people fill this out. And, uh, and so if you haven't, go fill it out. We'll, we'll send out, we'll email, um, email out the link and stuff. But please, it takes five, 10 minutes. It's real easy. It's, it's completely um, anonymous. So I'm not looking at it being like, ooh, Bill, we got to talk to him. Okay, I'm not, we're not doing that. There's no names, no numbers, no emails attached to it. So we don't even know who you are. Uh, and so be as honest as you possibly can. And some of y'all have been honest. I uh, just want to let you know. So you'll see more of those results in the coming weeks. Um, but today we are going to look at kind of the foundation of, of, of marriage. And so uh, if you got your notes, wave your notes at me just so I can see them real quick. All right, good. We are a note-taking church. And you can get a binder in the back for free, by the way, to, to keep your notes. But I uh, encourage you to take some notes. Um, but today, the, the title of today's message is called The Four Laws of Marriage. The Four Laws of Marriage. And so we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 through 25, and I'm um, sorry our big screen's not working at the moment, so we'll have, to, we'll have to go with this little screen here, and you can help me out here, but Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to go. Now, now, let me just say this. This is the very first passage of Scripture in all of the Bible about marriage. So, this is called the law of first mention. Anytime you see the first thing, something's mentioned in the Bible, you want to pay attention to it. So, we're going to start here, Genesis chapter 2. Uh, two chapters into the Bible, and it says this, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And every man says, Amen. That didn't even want to say. We're already getting awkward already. Okay, this is our, we're going to have some fun. 
So this is, this is the framework that we're going to go off of for today's message. Now, I want to give honor where honor is due with this message. So how many of you have ever heard of a guy named Jimmy Evans? He's a guy who writes a ton. Pastor Jimmy Evans, if you've never heard of him, him and his wife um, are phenomenal pastors that have written so much on marriage. Back in 1994, so 24 years ago, he wrote a book called Marriage on the Rock. Um, it's a book that, that sold millions of copies. And in the book, he actually shared these, there's these, these four laws. And so this is kind of the premise of this message today is these four laws. And then I'm just going to kind of add my story into it. But these are the four things, four laws that you and I need to know when it comes to marriage. So before we get started, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us illumination and revelation today. God, you would reveal things to us and and uh, speak to us. And God, we need you. We need your help in this area desperately. So God, we come today with, uh, with an open heart and an open mind. Um, God, say what you need to say. But God, help us to walk out this place and tomorrow morning to be able to start living these things out to have better relationships. Lord, we love you and we need you. Thank you so much. We pray for the Philadelphia Eagles tonight to win. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Janine, where you at? That one's for you, girl. All right. Half that team loves Jesus, so I'm just pulling for him. Just saying, Brady, you're done. Okay, all right. So, four laws of marriage. Four laws of marriage. How many of you in here would say um, you are a bit of a crazy driver? Just raise your hand. Crazy drivers in the house. Crazy drivers unite. All right. How many of you are a bit of a cautious driver? You're slow. You like grandma. Go ahead. Cautious drivers unite. Yeah. You know what? All of us crazy drivers think. Get out of the way. That's what we think. Get out of the way. 2000, year of 2000, my very first car that I ever got was a Geo Metro. I was guaranteed to make sure I stayed celibate. Um, <laughs> and it worked, by the way. <laughs> Saved myself for my wife, and it was all because of the Geo. Um, I had a Geo Metro, didn't get above 55, was a standard stick shift, I mean, but I still tried to, tried to put those gerbils to work. Um, I, I, I loved, I mean, I'm just one that likes to drive fast. I grew up in Texas. Anybody driven around Texas people? They're crazy. They're crazy people. You either drive with them or you get off the road. Or they'll take you off the road. I mean, either way, how it works. So when I came to, when I came, when I moved here, I moved to Welsh. Y'all are terrible drivers. Nobody, nobody drives fast in Welsh. Everybody's country. Everybody goes slow. Everybody, I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So I, of course, uh, I, I wrecked my Geo Metro before I came to Louisiana, and my grandmother said, you know what, one of our greatest things is we always wanted to buy you a vehicle. Um, my grandfather always wanted to. He died when I was 13. He didn't get the chance to. She had come, come into some money, and she said, I want you to have a vehicle. What kind of vehicle do you want? <laughs> you don't tell that to a 19-year-old. I bought a Ford Mustang at 19. No, it was not good. It, no, it was not. It was not good. Me and the Jennings police had a lot in common um, for a long time. Um, now I'm the chaplain, so <laughs> I think they had to just bring me on. But I, I just felt like laws didn't... I, I thought 55 really meant 60s, 60s, 70s. I mean, it meant, you know, I thought they were the speed suggestions, not speed limits. You know what I mean? It's just kind of... Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, and the thing with laws is, I mean, you can break them for certain amounts of time and sometimes get away from it, but eventually, if you break those longs long enough, long enough eventually, you're going to get busted. Uh, you're going to get caught. So I had a long track history of, of unfortunately, getting busted, and, and uh, these laws were put in place for my safety and more so for your safety, um, for people like us. And, and I had to learn that, and then, of course, I got married, and then I got a minivan, and... <laughs> 
I mean, uh, you can't break a law in a minivan. I mean, it's just impossible. Uh, you, you could even be flying by 80, you know, 70, and the, the police officer's like, eh, it's a minivan. Just let it go. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's true, though. It's true. How many minivans have you seen pulled over? I mean, not many. Anyways, needless to say. I say all that to say that there are laws that, are in, that we have established in, in our city and in our, our state and in our highways that, that keep us protected in the exact same way is that God also has laws in Scripture that are not meant for us to, to, to build, um, you know, tear us down and to restrict our fun, but it's meant to protect us. And, and God has laws when it comes to relationships of how he wants relationships done, how he wants marriage done. There's certain laws in Scripture that he wants. And I'm going to tell you this, you can break those laws for a certain season of time, but eventually those laws will catch up to you. Eventually, if you break those laws long enough, you will feel the repercussions and the consequences of breaking those laws. And so in this passage of scripture that we are, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 through 25, there are four laws that I want to share with you that we find in this. So if you got your notes, I want you to write this first one down. First one is the law of priority. The law of priority. Um, we pursue things. Uh, that's what we do. We, we put things in priority order. And, and, and how many remember, if you're married in here, when you were dating and, and what that was like and, the, and, and how much pursuit you had there. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a little bit. But, um, but God's got a thing about priority. We talked about this actually in the habit series that, that we're putting God first, that God is first and foremost. Seek first the kingdom of God. God is all about firsts. He's all about the first things. He's all about order. He loves order and he's got priority to certain things. And so for us, the, the first thing is our relationship with God, that we have a good relationship with God. We put God first. And then for those that are married though, it's then that our spouse is number two. That God is number one and our spouse is number two. And then, and then it goes on from there. And, and, and we got everything that's in our world that's trying to uh, derail us from those priorities. Um, work and jobs. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But I, I know there's been times where I've put things over my wife, Lindsay, which by the way, April 15th, we'll celebrate, April 12th, we'll celebrate 15 years, 15 years. Y'all know it's hard being married to an angel, man. She's slaps me with her wings and her halo's bright and all that stuff. So um, 15 years of marriage and uh, we're still learning. We're still growing. I feel like we're just getting started. And, and, and in this 15 years, I'm telling you, I haven't always done that right when it comes to priorities. I've put other things ahead of her. And, and I think we all do that at times where we put other things. I remember when we had our first son, when we had Josiah, and, and we came home. And we were in a big season in the church. We were putting on this huge play called Puppet Master. I don't know if anybody was here during that time. It was this huge production. You remember that, Miss Tracy? Huge production we were doing. And we had just had, I mean, ju the week of had Josiah. And instead of deciding, you know what, it's my first week home. It's our firstborn. I'm going to stay. I'm going to take care of my wife. I'm going to take care of my kids. I didn't. For the next three, four days, I went and did this play and, you know, did this whole thing and winning people to the Lord, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of those days, I came back and I realized I, I had deflated my wife because I had put ministry over my wife, which that was, of course, a big deal. And I'm going to tell you, over the course of these last 15 years, there's been different things that I've done when it comes to that. And how many of you know? I mean, I can come home and be like, baby, I'm winning people to the Lord. 
How many know that don't go over too well still at home? <laughs> She's like, I'm the gift from you. This is, I am your priority. And it is true that we can do that. How many know you've seen the pictures where there's, there's two couples in bed and there's a big old phone in the middle of it? And that people are literally split because people have prioritized their phone and their things over there. And there's an actual legitimate jealousy. You know the Bible actually says that one of the characteristics of God is that he is a jealous God? Did you know that? He is a jealous God. Not that he's jealous of you. You know what he is? He's jealous for you. God is jealous for you. And how many know our spouses are also jealous for us too? They want us. So when Lindsay would be like, man, I just feel like we don't spend any time together. I don't feel like I'm your priority. I feel like you put other people ahead of ourselves. I could easily say, well, that's your problem. But the truth was, it wasn't her problem. It was, problem. It was my problem. And, and now, how many know her problem is now? my problem. And so we've got these things that, that help, uh, hurt us in our priorities. And so I write this down. If you want to just write this down on the side, uh, I wrote this. It's not always the bad things that destroy relationships. It's often good things that are out of order. It's not always bad things. Listen, ministry and church and being a pastor, it's not a bad thing. And work is not a bad thing. And, 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 and the things that we do in life often are not bad things. The problem is, is when we take good things and we put them out of order. So instead of it being God and our spouse, we put other things in that order. And when you break the law of priority, you're going you're gonna to start having some consequences in your relationships. So I wrote down just a couple things that try to steal your priority from your marriage. Here we go. If you want to just jot these down. Number one, money and job. The pursuit of money and job. And I hear this all the time. Man, I never see my spouse anymore. He's always working. He's always working. Well, it's amazing because we're working for our spouse, but, but in our pursuit of working for our spouse, we never see our spouse. You ever notice that? And there are seasons, and I would tell that to Lindsay all the time, this is just a season, but it's amazing how these seasons always kind of always are going. I, I know people who are always pursuing, pursuing money, pursuing jobs, and, and that has become a source of contention in their marriage because that's, that's what it's all about. Second thing, this is a big one, ready? Kids. Oh, don't go there, Pastor Josh. Yes, we're going there. Kids. Listen to me very closely when it comes to kids. Kids are a temporary assignment. Y'all know that, right? 18 years and they're done. You know what your marriage is? A permanent one. A permanent assignment. And I, I can tell you how many people that have put all of their attention, the, the, the husband and the wife put all their attention on their kids. Everything was built towards their kids. And then when their kids left the house, they looked at each other and said, who are you? I don't even know you. And so the, just a practical side of the greatest way that I can love my boys is to love my wife. If I constantly put her as a priority, then I can love them well. That's the greatest thing that I can do. And can I just say something very practical? And I'm going to go ahead, the start of this message, the start of this series, I'm going to go ahead and offend you on the beginning. You ready? I love you, but don't let your kids sleep in your bed. Okay? Everybody that clapped doesn't have their kids. The other people that are like, I hate him already. All right, listen, I know. But I'm going to tell you right now, your husband is thanking me right now. Your husband's going, preach it, Pastor Josh, preach it, <laughs> preach it, preach it. Because literally, your kids are in between you. And your husband's like, I want to be not them. And, and yet, we, we, what we're saying is to our spouse is they're more important than you. Now listen, I know extenuating circumstances, kids are sick, or your husband works offshore, and they, you know, your kids come sleep in your bed when he's offshore, but when daddy gets home, kids get out. 
This is the love shack, okay? No kids allowed. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to help you here, okay? I'm just trying to preach real. All right, number three, hobbies. This is a big one, and this is, this is not just a guy issue. This is a, a women's issue as well, but hobbies can definitely get into the way. All right, our Pinterest projects and our hunting and our fishing and our, our I, you know, I, I shared the story last week of a, of a, of a couple that, that I, I met with or actually met with a husband and, and shared the story last week of, of how he had a, his wife had an affair on him. And when he, when he came and they really started meeting together, he, he, he realized he was having an affair on her, but not with a woman, but with hunting. Because every time he'd come on offshore, he'd go hunting for a week and then come back home and see his wife for a little bit and then go fishing. And, then, and, and listen, none of that's bad. Pastor Bubba hunts. I'm starting to hunt. Come on, somebody. Uh, become, becoming a man. I mean, sl- slowly. Killed my first deer last year. Come on, somebody. Didn't barely have any horns, but it was a deer. Okay. Y'all want to take your pastor on a real hunting trip where we get some real things, let me know. All right, so, hey, all that's good. It's not bad. Listen, it's not bad, but it can't be first. It can't even be second. All right, so you got to watch hobbies. Your last one right here is friends and family. If you talk, listen, if you talk to your mama more than your husband, there's a problem. And, and men, if you talk to your mama more than your wife, there's a problem. <laughs> All right, this, this passage says a man shall leave his father and leave his mother. This is what we got to do. We got we to leave and we cleave. So listen, we don't, we don't put friends over our spouse. We don't put family over our spouse. They are the first and foremost. And so we've got to protect the priorities. Everybody say protect the priorities. Let me show you what the priorities are. Listen, God number one, God number one, God number one, spouse number two, kids, church, family and friends, work. This is, listen, if you're seeing a lot of dysfunction in your life, it might be because the priorities are out of whack. This may be up here at the top. God may be somewhere in the middle, working family. I'm going to just tell you, if you do an honest assessment where you're at right now, honestly, maybe right now on your thing, you can write these down and actually grade them. Where are they in the ranking in your life? Just be honest. Have an honest evaluation of where, where are your priorities right now. And if we want to have great marriages and we want to have great relationships, you better make sure that, that this is a huge priority, which I'm going to just say to all the single ladies in the house. Hey, I got any single ladies in the house? All the single ladies in the house, listen, don't you ever, ever go for any man that this is not his number one priority. Don't you ever, 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 ever. Listen, because this is a huge deal because a lot of the counseling that I do with now married women, it's usually them saying, I wish I would have waited for a man who actually loved God because I thought when he'd get married, we'd go to church together, but now he don't go to church at all. And now I'm miserable because he doesn't love God, which by the way, if he loves God, he'll love you. But if he doesn't love God, he'll use you. That was free. Okay. You don't even have to pay for that one. All right. That's, that's, That's a freebie. So we got to do that. It doesn't take two to make a great marriage. It takes three. You, your spouse, and Jesus, okay? You you need God in this. You need God in this. Listen, marriage is already hard enough with God. (laughs) It's definitely almost nearly impossible without him. So we got, we got to bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. And so just, just practically, what does these things look like? These, these are areas for us to make sure that we're protecting these priorities. When I, when I come home from work, the very first thing when I come home from work is usually go to Lindsay, give her a hug, give her a kiss, 
And how I many you know, just by that hug and that kiss, I can tell what kind of day she had. She don't even have to say anything. Y'all, any guys in here know that? Y'all know, you can just look and you're like, mm. Mm-hmm. You know, as us as men, we got about 15 to 20,000 words. Women have about 40 to 50,000 words. By the time I get done with all the counseling, everything I've done, I've come, I have no more words left. When I come, she's saved all 40,000 for me. They're just, they're just ready for me as soon as I walk in the door. So I'll give, give her a kiss and give her a hug, and then I'll walk into the living room, and I can just tell by the boys what the temperature of the house has been like. Is it good? And they're like, Daddy, no. Daddy, no. <laughs> Y'all stay here. Okay, all right. All right, come, come sit down. And, you know, that's, that's just how it is. And you got you to protect that. Lindsay and I just even recently just started doing a thing where we felt like we were getting more and more disconnected. A lot of stuff were getting busy in the calendar and the schedule. And so we just start, started saying every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night when we put the boys to bed, we're going to have no TV. We're not going to watch any shows. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit. We're just going to talk. We're just going to share what's going on in my life, what's your life, what's in our schedule, how's our money doing. Just, just talk. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you could just spend 15 minutes talking to your wife, and you'd be surprised that the, the statistics say that most couples speak less than 10 minutes a day to each other. But if you would just spend time talking every day, but not only that, maybe once a week have a, 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 I learned this, that if I don't put it on my schedule, I won't do it. And so I wanted to pri- protect my priorities. That's a big priority for me. When I put my boys to bed, especially Joel and Judah, my two younger ones, and Lindsay and I go in there, and, you know, we pray for them and tell them, it's funny, we have this ongoing thing, Lindsay, they have bunk beds, and now they're big into this thing where both of the boys want to sleep in this tiny little twin up at the top together. And so Lindsay will stand on Joel's bed and lean over and give him a kiss, and I'll walk in the door, and Judah and and Joel will have their hands around, around Lindsay, and they'll go, my girl, my girl, my girl. And I'll look at them, I'll do this, it's my girl. Don't you touch it. Don't you be touching my girl. That's my girl. And like, this is my girl. I said, you better sleep in the attic. That's my girl. That's my girl. Just want to let you know. That's my girl, right? Uh, yeah, no, he shakes his head. It's my girl. Yeah. And it's the best thing that we can do is to protect the priority of our marriage. So how do you prove priority? Just let me give you two. These are just two side notes. How do you prove that your spouse is a priority? Number one, sacrifice. What are you willing to give up for me? What are you willing to give up for me? Number two, time. See, if money is the commodity of business, time is the commodity of relationships. If money's the commodity of business, time's the commodity of relationships. And so taking your wife out on a date. So we did the survey. So one of the survey questions in the marriage was how often do you take your wife out on a date? Here, here's, here's what the survey, survey says. 26% of you said at least once every six months. 20% of you said a couple times a year. Now listen to this. 21% of you said we don't. I already told, I, listen, I already know what your problem is. 21% of you don't. And here's what I do know. If you won't date your mate, the devil will find someone who will. <laughs> and I hear it from guys all the time. Listen, oh, we don't have time. We don't have babysitters. We don't have this. We don't have money. Well, it's amazing you, you have money to go hunting. Or it's amazing that you have money to go buy those stuff. And, and listen, I, listen, a babysitter is way cheaper than an attorney. Come on, somebody. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll even say it this way. You don't even have to have money to go on a date. 
I mean, lock the kids in the garage and just say, hey, baby, we got the... <laughs> Throw them some food, some goldfish and some toys. Put a TV in there with an the Xbox and go, I'll be, I'll be, we'll be busy for an hour. Uh, you know, ring the doorbell or something. All right. Like, you don't have that money. Like, listen, you, you just want to be in a constant pursuit, which actually leads to number two. Law number two is the law of pursuit. The law of pursuit. It says... Uh, the scripture says, a man shall leave his father and, and his mother and hold fast to his wife. That word hold fast, or some other versions say leave and cleave, that he would cleave to his wife or hold fast to his wife, is actually the Hebrew word for pursue, to constantly pursue. Relationships only work when there is constant pursuit. How many in here remember when you were dating what that pursuit was like? Y'all remember that? I'm a guy who doesn't really care to talk on the phone. I just let you know now, if you call me and I actually talk to you on the phone, you must be special. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a big, I'm, I, I'm trying to learn to get better at it. I'm not a big phone conversation, but can I tell you, there was one person that I really, really liked talking to on the phone. When we were dating, uh, Lindsay, I, I, I loved talking on the phone. And how many know you talk for hours about nothing? Sometimes you don't even talk. It's just like, oh. <laughs> keep breathing, baby. I Come on, y'all remember those days? Just constant pursuit. I lived here in Welsh. Lindsay lived in Lafayette. I always had a reason to go to Lafayette. I always had a reason to go to Lafayette. Always finding ways to go. Always trying to find ways to romance her. Always doing this stuff. And then you get married. And then that stuff stops. And listen, I'm, I'm the biggest culprit as well. When we got married, I wrote Lindsay a song. Y'all want to hear it? Yeah. Yo, I ain't playing that for you. What you talking about? Please. But I did. I was thinking about, man, Valentine's. I wrote her poems. I don't know when's the last time I wrote a poem. It's been a while. <laughs> I need, I need, a, I need, a, I got this series to write a poem sometime. I got a, letters, notes. And then, that, that, and then it's like for men, like once you capture the prize, then I move on to the next pursuit. And this is just the honest of, of what it does. And then we wonder why the flames and the passions aren't there as much is because there's, there's really no more pursuit. And it's amazing when I tell couples, like, hey, you've got you've to pursue. Like, you've really got to, you know, in order for a marriage to work, you've got to work. You've got to work at this. And it's amazing how they, they think that if you've got to work at it, then I must have married the wrong one. And the reason that we think that is because we've bought into the Hollywood and to the Disney movies that say if you marry the right one, it's a whole new world. You know, it's like <laughs> every little Disney movie has lied to you. Yes. Yeah, it is a whole new world of work. You got to work at it. You got to be in pursuit of these things. You, you, in order to get what you once had, you must do what you once did. And some of you are, man, passion's down. I don't feel like I love her anymore. Yeah, it's because you're not pursuing anymore. Yeah. You're not pursuing anymore. And listen, I'm, for guys, okay, this is for all the guys, and maybe the guys in here can relate. I relate. Everything in my mind when it comes to marriage is like a point system. It's like a point system. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's like, you know, if you bathe the kids, that's like 50 points. I mean, that's, that's good. And if there's like three kids, it's like 50 points each. I mean, that's, that's good. That should be good for the night. You know, if you cook dinner and, you know, you wash the dishes, like that's like two or 300 points. That should last you like a couple days. You should be good on that. If you take her out on a dinner, that's like three or 400 points. If it's a night away with no kids and you got babysitters, that should last you like a week. That's like a thousand points. 
As, oh, I'm the only one? Okay, all right. Don't judge me. All right, listen. But can I tell you something, guys? Listen to me very closely when it comes to this, because we, we think like this. I should have a bunch of points in the bank. This should be good. Baby, I'm going to leave. I'm going. I, I, we, and we kind of put those investments, and that's important in there. But I'm going to tell you something about the point system. You might want to write this down. Maybe if anything in the message you hear, guys, listen to this very closely when it comes to the point system. All points evaporate at midnight. That's true. Isn't that right? Any guys know that? All points evaporate at midnight. All of them. All of them. Let me, now, let me show you real practically some pursuits, some things that you can pursue. I'll just give you one. We'll, we'll work on one. One thing this week that you can do to pursue your wife, and then I'll, I'll tell the men, uh, I'll tell the women one thing that they can do. One thing, men, that you can do to pursue your wife, pursue her with non-sexual affection. Now, I had to attach non-sexual affection here because every guy in here just read that word, and you don't even know what that word means. Non-sexual, what does that mean? That means every man can make anything sexual. Does not matter what it is. She's like, hey, baby, can you load the dishes? Oh, I'll load the dishes. I'm joking. <laughs> Listen up. Come on. Right? <laughs> hey, baby, we need to, you need to go change the oil. Oh, baby, I'll change. Let me, anyway, so we can, right? Isn't that the truth, though? Come on, wives. Have y'all ever heard something like that? Husband taking something and he makes it sexual. He just, that's what he does. Hey, you need to put the babies to bed. I'll put you to bed. Okay, that's it. Okay, so, non. I'm going to keep it PG. I know your kids are in here. I know, I'm done. So, non sexual. So, so here, here we go, guys. You ready? And I'm going to work on this just as much as you. We're going to all work on this this week. I love you because, and fill in the blank. Not I love you just because. <laughs> I love you because, and then fill in the blank. N Non-sexual affirmation. I love you because you, and then you fill in that blank for your wife. But let's, let's, let's do notes this week, guys. Let's find ways that we can just give affirmation that encourages our wife's soul. Can I get an amen from the ladies in here on this one, all right? And then for women, for women in here, this is pursue him with affirmation. So pursue him with affirmation. I didn't even have to put non-sexual because it ain't going to be. <laughs> I don't even have to tell you that one. So pursue him with affirmation. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is try to not spend the majority of your time telling him what he's not doing. But spend more time telling him what you really wish he would be doing and what he is doing. The small little things of affirmation. Baby, thank you for getting up and going to work. I just appreciate you going to work, providing for this family. Baby, thank you for whatever it is. Yesterday, I came home, and I, Lindsay came home from working out, and I was washing the dishes. Come on, it's the sexiest thing, just washing the dishes. <laughs> washing the dishes. And I'm over there, and I'm washing cups, and I'm doing all this stuff. And, and um, I was just doing it because it was there. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't trying to get points. Um, Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe a couple points. Um, and, and so Lindsay walks in, we're talking, she's talking about the body combat and everything, how it went and all this stuff. And then she says, wash the bottom of those. <laughs> what? I, you need to wash the bottom of those. Those were in the sink. You need to wash the bottom of those. And everything inside of me wants to go, you want to wash the dishes? Is that not what I said yesterday? I said, you want to wash the dishes? She's like, no, you just need to wash the bottom of them. And I'm thinking, 
woman, I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> Do you know how many women in our church would wish their husband would? No, I'm joking. I'm <laughs> that wouldn't have been good at all, okay? But you know what? If, if she maybe would have said, baby, you look sexy when you wash those dishes. You'd look sexier if you washed the bottom. I mean, okay, then maybe, maybe, maybe. But it's just affirmation. It's the affirmation. She, which she did go and say, thank you, baby, for doing the dishes. I appreciate it. Which is re- really what all I wanted. Girls, your, your husband just needs an attaboy. I just love you. Appreciate you. Less nagging, more affirmation. Amen, husbands? Okay, try, trying to help everybody, everybody out here. So how do we... How do we Continue to initially pursue. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5 says, Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. Do the works you did at first. We, we, we fell out of love. So let me, let me just show you this. Getting a divorce, I'm not going to move it quick. Getting divorced because you ran out of love is like selling your car because you ran out of gas. And when I hear that from people, oh, man, we just fell out of love. We just don't love each other. No, 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 no. You just ran out of gas. And you know what you do when you run out of gas? You don't sell your car. You go to the gas station. So, so go to the gas station for your relationship and go pursue again. Go pursue again. All right, let's keep going. We got, I got all, less time than I need. No, number three, the law of partnership. And they become one flesh. How many of you married somebody that was the opposite of you? Raise your hand. You married somebody the opposite? (laughs) Isn't it amazing how that happens? You know, when dating, when you're dating, opposites attract. But when you're married, opposites attack. (laughs) God, isn't that the truth? Lindsay and I did this 34 Strengths-Based Marriage. It's an incredible book, by the way. You should go and read it. We did it with our staff. All of our team did. Top 34 Strengths, trying to find out what our strengths are. Lindsay's number one strength, empathy. Empathy. She empathizes with people. She has compassion on people. Number 34, my last one, bottom one. Which one? Empathy. Empathy. Okay. My top one, achiever, it's like one of her bottom ones. I mean, we are complete opposites, which what drew us to each other, but now that we're married is what frustrates each other. And we need to learn in the law of partnership that everything that we do, we do it for each other. We need actually the opposites. So I'm, I've, this is what I'm learning. In, in, in 15 years, it's gotten me to this point. It's not wrong. It's just different. It's not wrong. It's just different. She's not leaving because she's mad at me. She's got next step. Just want to let everybody know because I can hear you right now. She's so pissed at him so far. She's leaving. She is leaving him. I love you, baby. Now I can really talk. Hold on. Okay, now let's say something. Okay. No, we ain't going to do that. She's got a lot of people that get back to her on these things. Um, We share everything. We share everything. God sees us as one. When we get married, me becomes we. The problem is we want we to be me still. And I tell people all the time in, 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 in premarital, you know, when I'm doing premarital counseling with them, listen, this is, this is so important. You need to understand what, what is yours is hers and what is hers is hers. You just, yeah, I just missed that one. Anyways. So here's the things that we share. Ready? We're going we're gonna to wrap this up. We share decisions. We share decisions. I don't make decisions without her. Man, that's controlling of her. No, it's not. It's inviting her in because sometimes she got better input than me. All right? So guys, ask her. Man, baby, what do you think about this? We got to share in decisions. Number two, we share homes. We share home together. This is our home. Number three, we share beds. Not with kids, with each other. You need to be in bed with your spouse, by the way. If you're not, there's problems. You got to work this out. Number, number four, ourselves. 
We share ourselves with Scripture and New Testament say that, that, that your body is your wife's and your wife's body is, is yours, that you share your bodies to one another, which I keep telling her, baby, I'm, I'm all here for you. I'm just trying to share my body with you, you know. I mean, it's, see, she looks at my body and she sees chores. I look at her body and I don't see chores. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, I got the better end of the deal anyways. Number five, look at this. We got to share, but we do, we share ourselves. We'll talk more about these in the coming. Money, share money. Same bank account. I can't stress this enough. One of the greatest, and you'll see it in the series when we come, one of the greatest issues in marriages is money. And some of it is regarded around like, I got my money, you got your money. And, and there's, there's places for that when it comes to giving allowances and helping each other and so they can do that. But, but being on the same page when it comes to money, and last one is kids. And this area, just real quick in kids, is this idea that, um, especially for those that are in blended families, I have my kids He's got his, his kids, and the problem is when you get married, it's not his kids and my kids, it's our kids. You should share that. It should be ours. And I know, listen, I know there's dynamics that come there, and how do you discipline and all that, and we're not getting into all that, but it is, it's still, those are your kids now. You married into that. Those are yours. All right, number four, last and final law is the law of purity. We're done. The law of purity. The man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The enemy is after your purity. And if you don't believe me, I want you to, want you to just see this statistic. Look at this. <clears throat> 74% of people said that they would have an affair if they would never get caught. That's, that's pretty staggering. How many of y'all remember a couple years ago the Ashley Madison website? Y'all remember this? Ashley Madison website. This was the, this was the, this was the website tag. The, the website tag was, you only live once, have an affair. And the crazy thing is the website got hacked and all of those names got leaked out and they got publicized all over the internet. And everybody was going and seeing who these people were that had signed up for this website. Because what you do in secret eventually does come out in public. And I'm going to tell you, when it comes to, whether it comes to pornography or it comes to an affair, or it comes to, nobody goes into a marriage wanting to commit an affair. Nobody goes into relationships wanting to be addicted to pornography. But yet the enemy is after your purity. He's after your purity. He's after your purity before marriage. And he's after your purity after you get married. He's, how many know he's still bombarding you even after? The lie is when I get married, I'll never have sexual impurity. Wrong. You'll probably have it even a harder time when it comes into this area. And this is a law that we need to keep mindful of. You know, if, you, if you've ever watched those prescription drugs, they try to sell you on those prescription drugs and you see those drugs and they, they say, you know, they got all these people, you know, they're flop, you know, in the, in the fields, you know, having fun, throwing a football, and it looks like life is all grand. And then in the middle of this commercial, you got this guy, and he says it real low and real fast. And, and what it is, is they're not only sharing the benefits, but they're also sharing the risks. So the other day, I watched a commercial, and I wrote down all that the risks said. This is what it says. Tell your doctors right away if these are new or worsening depression, unusual changes in mood or behavior, swelling of face, mouth, lips, gums, trouble breathing, rash, hives, blisters, muscle pain, tired feeling, or blurred vision. Common side effects are dizziness, sleepiness, weight gain, and swelling of hands, legs, and feet. This medication may cause serious allergic reaction or suicidal thoughts or actions. Now take the pill. And isn't it amazing how they slide that in there? So... This morning when I got up, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write one for people that are battling with impurity. Whether that's pornography or maybe you're tempted with an affair right now. This is what I wrote. 
Tell your wife or pastor right away, or husband, if you have these, new or worsening depression and loneliness, unusual changes in behavior and mood, common side effects for these things are debilitating shame, guilt, remorse, anxiety, insecurity, and failure. This may cause serious marital damage, loss of family and friends, loss of job, loss of respect, and possibly, more importantly, an inability to connect with God. And I pray that every time you watch a, a commercial that is now promoting some drug, that you'll also think about the risks of the things that we allow in our lives. When it comes to this idea of purity, God's big on, it's a law to him, that the man and the wife were both naked and unashamed. And you look at the next verse, the enemy comes, and guess where he comes to bring shame? In the area of sexuality. We'll talk a lot more about this in the weeks to come, but I'm gonna tell you right now, this is an area that we've gotta be very mindful of because if you think you'd never fall into sexual sin, you must be godlier than David, stronger than Samson, and wiser than Solomon, because all three of those guys did. And it's a real battle. It's dividing marriages, it's destroying relationships. God, I, I pray right now, Lord, for all of you that this would be a moment. Would you just bow your heads in this moment right now? I know what the strategy of the enemy is when it comes to our purity, is he wants to come in and taint us. Maybe something's happened to you. Maybe it's, maybe it's some sins that you've committed. Maybe there's some secrecy. See, secrecy always kills intimacy. And so can I just encourage you that maybe this is a moment where the enemy's brought shame that, the enemy, that God gets to come and just bring healing. And so no, nobody looking around. But you would say, you know what, that, I have struggled with that. That, that is me. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I feel like this is a moment between you and the Lord. The Bible says that we confess our sins one to another for healing. So we confess it to God for forgiveness, but we confess it to other people for healing. You don't got to tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody. And if that's you in this place, and it's, it's been a damage to your soul. The enemy has come in and he's brought those lies. I encourage you to find somebody. But I, I want to pray for those that are in this room that your relationship with God's not where it needs to be. The Bible says that we're going to need to be born again. So we believe that Jesus died on the cross. We believe that our sins were forgiven for what he did. We repent. We return to him. That's what that revelation is. Turn back to me. Do the works you did first. Turn back to me. Turn back to me. If you're here in this place, man, I, I want to put God as number one priority in my life. I want to put God number one in my marriage. I want God number one. If that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up and I want to pray for you. One, two, three. If that's you, hands going up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Back here, keep it up. Back there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, hands going up all over. Thank you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Just pray this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for sending your son to live the life I couldn't live dying the death I deserve to die. Today, I turn from my sin and I turn to you, the forgiver of my sins, the cleanser of my soul. Come fill me fresh. Thank you for saving me. From this moment forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.